When Robin Young was growing up, she never thought of herself as college material. I lived in over 11 foster homes as a young person. She says when she graduated from high school, her classmates applied for college and she applied for food stamps. By the time she was 21, Young had a baby and was in and out of jobs and living on friends' couches. And I recognized at that time that education was a way out. She enrolled at a for-profit college, but she had a hard time paying for childcare. When she wasn't at school, it was difficult to balance studying, working, and taking care of her daughter. I was not able to finish that two-year program, so I dropped out of school. It's tough for single moms to make it through college. But reporter Meredith Kolodner says more and more mothers are giving it a try. I cover community colleges um, a lot, so I've been in a lot of community college classrooms, and I can't think of one that I've been in that didn't have a single mom. Meredith Kolodner writes for the Heckinger Report. She recently wrote about the growing number of single mothers attending college. In the past decade, that number has doubled. Today, close to one in five women on college campuses are single mothers. But most of these women won't graduate. From APM Reports, this is Educate, a podcast in collaboration with the Heckinger Report. I'm Stephen Smith. Meredith, why are so many more single mothers going to college now than in the past? What's going on? I think for single moms, there's a realization at some point that they are the only financial stability for their children. One of the moms I talked to, she had a child with a learning disability, and she was like, I want to give him every opportunity that every other child has, So, but I need benefits. I need health care benefits, and I need a company that will, where I know if I work hard, I can stay employed, and I have control over my schedule and I can take a sick day because my child gets sick. Those are the kind of jobs that require um, some, something that's post-secondary, some sort of degree. But of women with children, single mothers have the lowest graduation rate. What's going on with that? That's true. I think the obstacles for single moms are just greater. I think partially the, the issue is childcare, which is pretty straightforward. There's been a decrease in the amount of on-campus childcare that's been provided, even as the number of single moms going to college has increased. And then in addition to that, they, they run into all the obstacles that you run into when you have more responsibility and less money. So it's not just that you can't find the childcare, it's also that it's incredibly unaffordable. Average childcare costs a little under $10,000 a year. And for most people, that's more than their rent. So if you have that, plus difficulty finding the childcare, then you're also working a huge amount of hours. The majority of single moms work uh, 20 hours or more. And then you're also trying to figure out childcare, plus go to your classes and do the homework for it. It just can become untenable for some people. Well, tell me about some of the single mothers on college campuses that you've talked with. What what did they say to you about the resources that they have available to them at school? Things like, like child care and counseling. There was a mom in California who moved in with her mother in order to get help with child care, but then her mom had to go work more hours because their rent increased. So that made it difficult for her to go to classes. She had to cut down the number of classes. So she's hoping to still graduate, but it's going to double the amount of time it's going to take her. Um, another mom I talked to in Georgia, they didn't have on-campus childcare, so she would drive from her home. She couldn't live in the city because it was too expensive. So she drove from her home to daycare. That took 45 minutes. Then she drove another 30 minutes to school, 
and then had to do the whole thing again on the way home. Um, that's more than two hours on the road, and when her car broke down, she had to just flat out drop out. The other thing that happens is not necessarily some huge catastrophe, but your kid gets sick, and you have to miss a class, and then you have to miss one more class, and then you fall behind, and then you fail a test, and then you fail the class, and you have to retake that class. That's eating up your financial aid. It's demoralizing. And I think people know in their hearts, you know, if I just could get my child care taken care of, I could make it through. But I think some people actually start doubting themselves. I've had people say to me, you know, I just started to feel like I wasn't college material. Maybe college wasn't, wasn't meant for me or I wasn't meant for college. And so you have this spiral that is very, very difficult to climb out of. President Trump's budget proposal calls for a more than $9 billion cut to education funding. And the cuts include a program that provides colleges and universities with funding to support or establish campus-based child care for student parents whose earnings are low enough to qualify them for federal Pell Grants. President Trump has proposed cutting a program called C-Campus in 2018. I asked Meredith Kolodner to explain what C-Campus does. C-Campus was created um, by Congress in 1998. It stands for Child Care Access Means Parents in School. So it's pretty straightforward. It covers about 5,000 families per year if it disappears, which is what President Trump was proposing. That would be 5,000 parents um, that no longer had accessible child care. And I've talked to people who have said to me, you know, if it wasn't for that program, I never would have made it through college. It just would have been impossible. If the C-Campus program is removed, it would be a bit of a tragedy. I am Barbara Galt. I'm vice president and executive director at the Institute for Women's Policy Research in Washington, D.C. Barbara Galt did a study of single moms in college. We found that the number of single mothers in college has doubled over a period of 12 years. One of the reasons is just that there are more single mothers than there used to be. And another is that for-profit colleges have increasingly reached out to and aggressively recruited single mothers to attend their programs. And while it's interesting to see that it is possible to enroll more single mothers in college, it's also a bit problematic because for-profit colleges are uh, less effective in helping students complete. And when students leave for-profits, they often leave with a low-quality degree, no degree, and or high levels of overall debt. Gold says single moms are among the least likely people to finish college. She says changing that wouldn't just be good for them, it would help society. Our strong hunch is that the ultimate economic benefit for investing in single mother education is much, much greater than uh, the investment that we'd have to make for a short time. Single mothers in society have very high rates of poverty. They have much higher rates of public support program participation. They often use food stamps uh, more than other parts of the population. If we were to invest in their college, they leave poverty permanently, and their children would see better outcomes. Their children would be more likely to go to college themselves. And so we'd be getting at the root causes of poverty rather than just 
continuing to slap Band-Aids on, which ultimately ends up being more costly and doesn't even solve the problem. Meredith, in addition to the social supports that you've already mentioned, primarily childcare, um, but also transportation, are there other things that would help these single moms get to graduation? Since single moms are generally working, um, if they're working crazy hours and they have to schlep to, most of the moms I talked to were working either retail or in fast food. Um, Those hours can be somewhat unpredictable. Their, Their schedules change. That's a third place that they have to go in a different, in addition to the childcare and school and um, home. If you had more work study and the parents had a regular schedule and that work was taking place on campus, that's something that I think could be helpful. The first thing that I think would have been helpful is to have increased Pell Grant aid that would have been allowed me to be able to pay for both the tuition and fees, but also to be able to access money for books and technology. That's Robin Young again, the single mother who realized education was a way out of poverty, but who struggled to stay in school. In 2014, she enrolled at the University of Maine. I was able to tap into um, a housing benefit, to be able to have stable housing, which was really, really important. But the key was she got a state-sponsored scholarship that also paid for the everyday life expenses that had been holding her back. I remember crying. I was so happy that I would be able to go back to school, and I knew that this amount of support would propel me into completing that degree. Robin graduated from the University of Maine in May of last year. It took me 17 years to complete my bachelor's degree. Meredith, in the modern economy, it's often said that a college degree can increase one's overall lifetime earning, one's self-esteem and happiness, many different kind of sort of factors of a good life. But the question is, if college moms are having such a hard time finishing and they end up with debt, is college really a good idea? There are so many good cases for why college could potentially improve people's lives. I mean, some of it is the financial piece that you mentioned. Um, It's also a sense of pride um, and a sense of well-being. Um, But I think the piece that people don't always pay a lot of attention to is that whether or not a parent goes to college is a bigger determinant on whether or not their child will go to college than income or race. That is, if if your parent went to college, you have a much better chance of going to college as well. So to the extent that there's generational um, patterns of poverty, making sure that there's access to college for low-income parents could be one way to try to break that pattern. That's certainly been the case for Robin Young's 16-year-old daughter, Sarah. Today, Robin is in graduate school at the University of Maine. Sarah says she's proud of her mom's decision to go back to school and for the example that she set. Going to college is important to me because when I think about my future, I want to be able to be in a good situation where I don't have to worry about money or where I have to work. I don't want to be sad of the job I get. I want to be able to work on on something I like and I'll have to go to school for that to have a good future. That's Sarah, Robin Young's daughter. Meredith Kolodner recently wrote about the unprecedented rise in single mothers in college. She's a staff writer for the Heckinger Report. 
We'll have a link to her article on our website, educatepodcast.org. That's it for this episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. What do you make of the obstacles that single mothers face in college? Let us know. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Educate Podcast, or you can send us a note to contact at apmreports.org. We'll be back on January 29th, just before the Super Bowl, to talk about how New Orleans charter schools are trying to win students and regain trust in communities by bringing football back. Alex Bumhart and Chris Julin produced the podcast. Catherine Winter is our editor. Emily Hanford, our senior producer. We partner with The Heckinger Report, which is a nonprofit independent news organization focused on inequality and innovation in education. Support for APM Reports comes from Lumina Foundation and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM.